Sometimes you just need a quick overview of the news. Other times you need a deeper understanding of what's going on. The Rundown Podcast has all of that, and it's Chicago-based, so you know what's up in your neighborhood and across town. Listen to The Rundown wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Justin Kaufman, and this is Reset. At the moment we're recording this, it's Friday afternoon, and the presidential race has yet to be called, either for President Trump or former Vice President Joe Biden. We're still awaiting results from four states, Georgia, Pennsylvania, Arizona, and Nevada. It's no stretch to say that the news this week has been (laughs) a lot. And you deserve a break. So for our special Saturday podcast, we're bringing you one of our favorite recent interviews, musician Andrew Bird. That's Chicago native Andrew Bird with his song Measuring Cups. If you can believe it, Andrew Bird fans, his acclaimed album, The Mysterious Production of Eggs, has been out in the world for 15 years now. (laughs) Makes me feel old. Singer, violinist, composer, wicked whistler. There's no question the man is multi-talented. But Andrew Bird's now an actor? It's going to be okay. There's a place for all of us on this earth. We just... Just have to find it. That's right. Bird is now acting in the fourth season of FX TV drama Fargo, and he continues to create new music. And not only is he acting in in Fargo, he's great at it. Andrew Bird, welcome to Reset. Thanks. Good to be here. Yeah. Uh, before we get into the music and the anniversary, how did it come about that you made a turn into acting and starring in Fargo? Uh, it was not something I even really gave much thought. And then Noah Hawley, who's the creator of Fargo, saw me play a show in in Austin and pretty much cast me right there. There was no audition, just you're my funeral director. And what was your response to that? I mean, were you like, oh, I can do anything? Or were you nervous? What's it, what does it feel like? Oh, to- I, was, I was very nervous. I was, uh, I was like, how do you know I can do this? You know, I, and he says, well, you're, you're a dad, right? So don't worry about it. And it, you know, the fact that I play a nervous man helps <laughs> that I was in character. Yeah, you play the funeral director named Thurman Smutney, and the character, which is, again, if you're watching the show, it's a tremendous show. I want to play a little clip of you in that role. It's my fault, Thurman. No. I should have asked her where she got them. But it's my first time, see? Owing money to a... And I didn't... The rules, you know? What are the rules? Do you like being an actor? Do you like that process? Because I know you as a musician and you've done so much to get your vision out there when it comes to your music and how you mix it and how you produce it. But do you like being an actor? Uh, I haven't really reflected on it yet. I just, you know, kind of finished shooting it a, a couple of weeks ago. So, I don't, you know, it's a very different thing. I mean, you could say like, hey, it's performance, just like playing music, but uh, it's really not. What I found really challenging is trying to stay present all day. Mm. You know, usually I'm used to like the, it's showtime for like two hours. And then right, right. Or when you're recording like, something, right. Yeah, it's just like you have got to sustain a pre- your presence and awareness of who you're supposed to be and basically feel things you're not necessarily feeling, which is not how I approach being on stage. I'm pretty honest about how I feel at the moment when I'm on stage, but it's a, it's a completely different thing and I w- really wasn't sure if I I felt kind of like an imposter to tell you the truth mm. when I was there 
Yeah. That, is, that, is that something that, uh, you know, throughout your career as a musician, but also as a collaborator, I mean, is that something you have to deal with, that imposter feel, that vibe that comes up when you venture out into things that might not be in your comfort zone? Just the fact that I was around such incredible actors, and then here I am, like, just got tapped out of nowhere, not even pursuing it. I, I felt a little sheepish, you know. You know, it's their life's work, and it's just not even something I aspired to but it's um i found it really gratifying in the end i think what's cool about it is that it's you're part of like a gigantic machine mm. and there's so much like a division of labor that's very codified over decades of filmmaking which is what fargo is is basically an 11 hour film yeah right and the last two weeks there were like 500 people because of covid but there were like 500 people employed by Fargo in Chicago. I mean, this is all the detail and how everyone has a little job. It was really cool to watch. And here I'm like on site in Rogers Park, like a couple blocks from where I used to live. What was that like? What was that like to be back, being a Chicago native, to be back? Uh, obviously, it's Kansas City, 1950, but uh, mm -hmm. it's all shot in Edgewater and Rogers Park. Yeah. Well, the way I put it is like it's very strange to come back to a place that's so familiar to me. I mean, I spent 36 years in Chicago to do something so unfamiliar. That was that was what was kind of kind of disorienting, but kind of cool about it, you know, because I have so much, so many memories, so much nostalgia associated with Chicago, and to come back there and do something that was uh, out of my comfort zone was mm. was kind of cool. You talked about not having time to reflect. Have you had time to reflect on the album, The Mysterious Production of Eggs, Turning 15? <laughs> that blows my mind. I remember that yeah. album well. But, to, I mean, reflect on the moment of, of anniversaries and what it means that music ages, but also you can celebrate it again. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's, it's when you have a, some distance from something like that, you really see where you were at the time. And I made that record mainly when I left Chicago to the farm in Western Illinois and uh, was pretty isolated, just really f kind of figuring out a new language for myself. And it was a, a very difficult record to make the most difficult one I've ever made. So mm. I, I recorded it three times mixed done and threw away the first two versions. Why so? so what, like, what made that difficult? Why was it so difficult to record that album? Um, because I was maybe taking, I moved out to the to the farm, and my environment was completely different, and I was in a kind of vacuum, and I still had the baggage from the city that I took out there with me, and I, so I I tried to make it out there the way I originally planned, and it was it was incongruous with my new environment, and it's it was a lesson that like oh this worked last time I'll just do this again, and every time I do that, I it doesn't work. <laughs> Well, that, I mean, you know, that, there's yeah. there's so much to be made about collaboration. I'm mean, even talking about your experience on on the set of Fargo, but just this idea that the space means everything to the to the art that you're making. Yeah, I mean, this was also uh, illustrated something to me that that you said collaboration, but I think it was the lack of collaboration that I needed at that time. That's why being, you know, isolated in a vacuum for a while was really good for me. And that's Mysterious Production and Weather Systems were the two records that came out of that that isolation. Like my record collection was in storage. I, my friends were all in Chicago and didn't have cars, so they couldn't come visit me. You know, I was really 
spending two or three weeks at a time without talking to anyone mm. or listening to anyone else's music. And yeah. Well, let me let me play. I want to play a track. This stands out to me as as pretty relevant to, to the moment we're living in now. But it's the song "Nervous uh-huh. Tick Motion of the Head to the Left." Let's play a little bit. You know, it's, the music is 15 years old, but it's, I mean, that song especially, but a lot part of the, of the album are, are really about this, this moment of living in high anxiety, uncertainty, and as you mentioned, isolation. So how does this song and the album, how does it particularly feel relevant to times today? You know, there, a lot of them are like, coping mechanisms and how to deal with living in modern society. And that one, for instance, is like from traveling and being having your nerves worn down, uh, as I was doing during that time, like I developed this tick, you know, this, this, like when I would get a very dark thought, I would just sort of try to toss it off Mm. with my head, like try to cast it away. And I found myself doing that in public, and I was wondering what I might look like to other people. <laughs> and uh, yeah, other songs like Tables and Chairs are very, very relevant to the current moment. It's a bit of a tongue-in-cheek song about how when everything falls apart, we're all going to start over and you know have concerts in like burned-out banks. And you know, <laughs> for a while, I was playing shows in in kind of alternative venues like for instance there was a a bank i was playing in former bank in knoxville and i thought oh this is and then you know vfw hall or like you know these kind of places that have been commandeered as rock venues and that kind of put the idea in my head that it was kind of a post-apocalyptic nirvana of sorts Mm -hmm. you know it was like we're, we're, we're all gonna talk to each other again and tear down the fences and and have block parties and you know as you mentioned, you know, you think about the experience of recording the album, but also just that experience of being in isolation away from people. Has that prepared you for what life is like as an artist and a musician during COVID? This is the idea that so many are trying to adjust, not just artists and all of us, but trying to adjust to a different way we live. Are you prepared from that, from the experiences that you had 15 years ago? Maybe. When I went to Chicago, I was in true isolation, and I, I really felt for my friends that were doing this as single people. I just got a taste of that when I was in Chicago and I had to quarantine for two weeks and not literally not leave the apartment for that time. But at home I'm with my family and it's not, I'm lucky to to have their company. But the other thing I did learn is that, you know, every time I do music, it tends to be an event. It's a big concert or it's a recording session and I get all psyched up. And I was like, can it just be an everyday, part of the everyday fabric of life? You know, that's something I've <laughs> aspired to, to make recording just casual. <laughs> and during this time, it's been, there has been that, like doing a song a day on Instagram has been kind of saved my my life, you know having a little bit of an outlet and it's so, you know, I, I don't fuss over it. I just kind of 
get up in the morning and when I'm feeling, you know, inspired, I just play a song. Mm. And that that happened too with this holiday record. You know, I recorded a lot of it during lockdown. And I was just lying on the couch recording voice memo recordings. That's and they were so honest and, you know, there was no anticipation. It was just what I was feeling at the time. Mm. You mentioned Hark, which is the Christmas album. I want to play a little bit of that. Uh, this is Christmas in April. This is Andrew Bird. <laughs> I'm wanting to hold you and keep you with me this year. You're my darling and I want you near. I'm wanting to whisper sweet words. Now, this is one of those songs you wrote at home uh, in L.A. during the pandemic uh, back in the spring. What inspired you to do Christmas music? Well, I had... It started the year before, and I, I released a EP of, like, just, it was a nostalgic exercise, which I think you have license to do for Christmas records. It's, sure. I was getting into the, I just love those Vince Guaraldi, Charlie Brown Christmas albums, and I wanted to do a few of those tunes, so I put together a jazz quartet, Jeff Parker and Ted Poor and Alan Hampton, and it was just licensed to play some, you know, tasty old-time jazz stuff and then I, the pandemic happened and i thought well maybe i'll finish this out round out the other half of it and i wrote that original tune and i did a couple covers that i thought deserved entry into the the canon like john prine's souvenirs and handsome families so much wine which was mashed up with green sleeves and you know, he, Christmas albums are, are utilitarian, you know. It's not, the pressure's off. It's not like it's my next big songwriting opus. And and when I do those in-between projects, sometimes they're a lot more fun and, and sometimes better, honestly. <laughs> well, we like the in-between projects from Andrew Bird, indie musician, now actor, acting in Fargo, which can be seen on FX. The Mysterious Production of Eggs is 15 years old. Hark is the new Christmas album out this week. Uh, the single Christmas in April out today. Andrew Bird, a pleasure to have you on the program, and thanks so much for joining us today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you. That's it for Reset today. If you're not subscribed to the podcast, what are you waiting for? Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Of course, we'll have all of the election coverage on Reset, which airs 11 to 1 every single weekday, and you can find out more information at wbec.org. I'm Justin Kaufman. Thanks for listening. Talk to you again soon. If you need a break from the news, WBEZ's Nerd App Podcast is here for you. Our show is all about delight. We laugh about what's happening in pop culture and feature thoughtful interviews with fascinating people. We even have a monthly book club. Listen to Nerd App wherever you get your podcasts.